Part twenty three of the Fates of the Princes of Dovard by Kenneth Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of Rhiannon and Pridari. The third branch of it, that is to say, the return of Pridari. One, the peculiarities of the ring, and the fillet of the family of Hevaith, and the three primitive bards of the island of the mighty. Tobai rose up glimmering darkly out of her fountain when he came to the field of clan dubai on the evening of the third day her aspect was even sterner than it had been before wherefore come you said she adan fuina is made free from the sorceries he answered yes is she made free said tubai pridiri fabul freed her unless i obtain service from you i shall never be requited for the loss of the water Guri marvelled in his mind. It seemed to him that it would have been he himself that freed Adam Fuinac, but it would have been unfitting for him to have spoken of it. Whatever service you may require of me, he said, it will be an honour to me to perform it. It will be the succouring of my kinswoman, Rhiannon Ferchevaith, she said. From dawn to dusk her place is at the palace gate in Arberth, doing the least just penance in the world and her enemies plotting against her continually. Prideri, her son, will be going forward to save her, but so many will be against him that it is not known whether he would obtain success without aid. I never had any desire in my life equal to my desire to do this, said he. I will ride forward now and storm the palace in the morning. Misfortune often overtakes the rash, said she. It will be better to remain here until dawn, there would be no seeing by night the feathers that are to guide you. Thereupon she gave him the feathers, one from each of the birds. Follow the white one when the blue is lost, she said, and the rainbow-coloured when there may be no recovering the white. By the time that you have parted with the rainbow-coloured, it will be a marvel if you are not within sight of Arberth. With that she melted into the glow and gloom of the dusk. He lay down by the well, the beauty of the stars a tent for him scarcely had his eyelids fallen over his eyes when he heard voices and conversation from the road the voices were so melodious that no music in the world would be equal to them is there any cure for old age said the first of them is there any making the weak limbs strong and taking whiteness from the hair and the deep furrows from about the eyes and the mouth there is said the second if one could find Prideri Fapul, then the third of them said, How would he accomplish it? With the peculiarities of the fillet of the family of Hevaithen from the country of the immortals, said the second. Put news of them on the wind, lord brother, said the first. Rhiannon, his mother, brought it with her from the palace of Hevaith at the time she came into the island of the mighty. She bound it about the swaddling clothes of Prideri on the day that he was born. Would they be using the fillets without knowledge of spells? There would not, and even with the spell of the three places there would be no using it, unless the secret of it were made known to him. It was the third of the voices that said that. I will tell you, said the second voice, there was a family that loved delight and beauty, and had not bestirred themselves, nor won any victories since the morning of the three shouts. He came to them, and caused them to become eager for the battle of the world, and to reward him for this, 
i shall make it known to him in the morning goody considered within himself it was not in his power to rise up or question the voices the fillet was about my swaddling clothes when i was found thought he beyond that there is knowledge of the spell of the three places the men of Caerhead were such a family as was spoken of he took the fillet from his breast where he wore it never had he been without it during his life it might well have peculiarities with it he thought he fell to musing upon the fillet and for musing to sleep how long he might have been sleeping is not known when he heard the voice again and listened it was still beyond his power either to rise or to turn his head or to question them lord brother said the third voice if there were in the island of the mighty any giving sight to the blind it would be one of the priceless wonderful gifts of the island there is such a gift said the first it is with pridri fapul put news of it on the wind lord brother said the second he would do it with the spell of the wood the field and the mountain said the first and by means of the peculiarities of the ring of the family of hevive hen is that ring with him also said the second rhiannon his mother threaded it on a golden thread and tied it about his neck on the morning when he was born the ring was inscribed in the coilbren letters of the bards and a return there shall be for him said the third voice there was a family that dwelt in confusion and turmoil and hideous sound they had been at senseless warfare since the crying of the name he came to them and caused music to be heard in their care and brought harmony there so that now they are doing service for the immortals on the borders of space to requite him for this i shall appear to him in the evening and cause the path of his returning to be clear before him i will tell you said the first voice i shall cause the secret of curing blindness to be known to him i shall appear to him at noonday and make it clear there was a care wherein there was a heavy sloth and unbreakable slumber and he brought the brightness of day and clear vision there it is to requite him for this that i shall appear to him and make known the secrets of the ring he is the song-bringer said the second voice and therefore i shall aid him he is the light-giver said the first and therefore i shall reward him he is the hero said the third and therefore i also shall be with him goody put his hand in his breast and touched the ring that he still wore there on the golden thread on which it was threaded when he was found in the stall of flamwen the mayor of tyrinion all this is a marvel to me thought he and desired the more that pridri might become known to him there might be peculiarities with this ring also he mused and the one inscription in the coilbren inscribed on it and on the ring of the family of hephaith that is with the son of puel from musing upon the ring he fell asleep the sky was abloom with dawn tulips when he awoke no memory of the voices remained with him at that time but it chanced that he had the fillet in his right hand and his forefinger thrust through the ring and when his eyes fell on those two adornments it seemed to him that there was magic quickening in them and elemental being they flashed suddenly in the sunlight as far as from betis mountain to dinafaur he threw the feather of adanlonach into the air according to the counsel tobai had given him a wind from the east took it and bore it on 
and he rode forward following it through the valleys and over the hills of the great cantreth till mid-morning then he saw it drop by the roadside and at a word from him away with the wind-driver at his swiftest to the place where it fell here is who goody saw there an old infirm man sitting by the hedge the flesh of his face and hands was withered yellow and with a thousand wrinkles his back was bent double with age he was grievously afflicted with coughing his hair was as white as the wind-driven foam the greeting of heaven and man to you pridery fapool said the old man sorrow upon me thought goody gualtairine a moon of memory suddenly shining forth in his mind if i heard not such a voice as that in my dreams in the night the greeting of heaven and of man to you also and better to you than to me said goody and no worse with you because goody gualtairine is the name to name me with and not pridery fapool many times would it be worse said the old man it would be the continuance of the burden of old age when youth might be had for the asking from pridery could he accomplish that indeed said goody could he restore youth to the ancient yes he could restore it said the old man he has the golden fillet of the family of hevithe hen in the country of the immortals and therein there is restoring youth to the ancient and strength to the worn-out limbs and furthermore blackness to the hair that has grown white these years i marvel at this said goody make known to me in heaven's name if it please you the manner of restoring youth with the fillet yes yes will i make it known said the old man pridery would set the fillet on my head and he would repeat spells and he would order the hair to assume its natural colour the black to be black the brown brown and the golden golden and he would command the limbs to regain their former youth and vigour as if the years had never passed over them and in my deed he would put compulsion upon them all and they would obey him well well in my deed a marvel is this truly said goody would he put compulsion upon them in this way said he he took his own fillet from his breast and set it on the white hair of the old man and as he did so said by the wood the field and the mountain forsake whiteness every hair of you and assume your natural colour let the black be black and the brown brown and the golden golden and let the limbs regain their former vigour and youth as if the years had never passed over them would he command them and put compulsion upon them in that way said goody but before the other could answer him it was as if a wind arose and blew the old age from him he stood forth there by the roadside young and strong and handsome one to be feared by the hostile one to be loved by many by heaven he would put the compulsion on them in that way said he his laughter rang out through the valley except the sun in heaven nothing was so bright and golden as the hair upon his head it is a good fillet enough and excellent peculiarities in it he said giving it back to goody it is a marvel if it be any other than the fillet of the family of hevithe hen with that he raised his two hands towards the sky and golden and roseate flames leapt up from the earth and played and circled about him goody watched him in delight and wonder as the flame rose so he increased in stature till he had the height of pines and poplars with him they leapt and played about the glory of his head 
and took the form of soaring eagles of golden fire innumerable harps sounded out of the invisible air their music was such as gods desire to hear when they move combatward in their burning cars on his two hands were two marvellous gloves it seemed as if even the puny wearing them might easily pluck up pumlumon a blue cloak of immortal bardhood was on his shoulders it was as if woven of the fire of the sapphire the turquoise and the amethyst higher and higher the flame circled and blossomed and he rose with it into the air as soon as he overtopped the mountains the form and beauty of him changed wings of excessive glory branched out on this side and on that and he became a dragon of flame against the blue brightness of the firmament soaring and flaming and circling his eagles like stars scintillant around him his music waning from the world he ascended resplendently into the empyrean then the two glories of the sky were made one the dragon was lost in the brilliance of the morning sun it was good on Brithfav, said goody in my deed it was the heartner of heroes marvellous is my good fortune this day to have held converse with such a one since the blue feather was lost he put the white one on the wind and mounted girur slowly and rode forward after the feather deep in his meditations as for old age and the restoration of his youth to him never would he have needed the services of any one for that the immortals grow not old they assume what guise will please them at any time so he rode on musing for what reason will the prifath have appeared to me he wondered at noonday a mile from him along the road he saw a blind man coming towards him slowly tapping the ground with his stick immediately a gust took the feather and whirled it away till it fell like a star into the breast of the blind man's coat away with the wind-driver with that leaving the wind behind him the blind man had not taken the ten steps after receiving the feather before goody and the wind-driver had come up to him the greeting of heaven and of man to you said the blind man may it be better to you than to me said goody and none the worse if the name with me is goody gualtairin if this be true it is the sorrow of my life more than anything i desire to meet with and that on account of the service he would do for me i would do you service if it were in my power to said goody what service would pridery do for you sight he would give to my eyes said the blind man he would do it by means of the peculiarities of the ring of the family of hephaith hen in the kingdom of the immortals that has the gift of restoring the blind to their eyesight and even to seeing better than they saw before they became blind goody dismounted and took the ring that had been found with him out of his breast marvellous is this indeed said he make known to me if it please you how he would restore eyesight with the ring he would touch the eyelids over the eyes that might be afflicted said the blind man it is a marvel to me that any one should be ignorant of this he would put the ring on the forefinger of his right hand and touch the eyelids which eyelid would he touch first said goody the right eyelid as would be natural and fitting said the other few would dream that it would be the left and he would put the spell of the three places upon the one and the other of them and command them and a marvel if they were not obedient would he do it in this way 
he said, and touched the right eyelid of the blind man with the ring. By the wood and the field and the mountain, quit you your blindness, he said, and then to the left eye. By the wood, the field and the mountain, quit you your blindness also, and neither stubbornness nor cheating with you, either of you, and the sight of the eagle, the god and the dragon to the two of you from this out. By heaven, he would do it in that way, said the other. A wind rose up out of the Isle of Apples, and blew the blindness from him. Whatever lack of beauty there had been upon him vanished with it. His two eyes became brighter than the eyes of man. They became like two gleaming dragons afar, like two diamonds kindling in the sun, like the brightness of two sea-waves when the noonday sunlight is reflected from them. He laughed and looked sunward, and lifted his two arms towards the sky. He seemed to draw blueness out of the sky, and a flame out of the ground beneath his feet. His beggar's rags became a blue cloak of bardhood, woven of the fire of jewels, bluer than the bloom of the noonday in June. His body itself wavered and glimmered into intense, gleaming, excellent fire. He lifted his head. It rose to the level of the mountain-tops, so great was his stature. Because of his eyes, no one would have known that there were not three suns in heaven. Beautiful he appeared, and, oh, beautiful and worthy of praise, kindling the silver and gold of the noonlight, kindling the mountains and the valley, the glory of Wales, a meteor out of the firmament of godhood. In the white extreme blazonment of glory about his bardic sunbright head, birds brighter than the lightnings flashed and sang. He had a golden breastplate upon his breast, adorned with the opal, the sapphire, and the diamond. Its peculiarity was the gift of insight, and that no magic should ever prevail against the one wearing it. It was unknown to Guri whether ever so much beauty had been revealed before, unless it was when Guron appeared to him in the morning. "'A good ring it is with you,' laughed the god, "'and a marvel if it be not the ring of the family of Hevive. "'Useful are its peculiarities.' Laughing, he rose up into the air, and assumed the form and glory of the dragon. From the north to the south above the mountains, he burned his bright blue, bounteous vision-giving wings. Beautifully he was poised there for a moment, the proud and arching neck, the quivering flaming sapphire scales, the head with the aspect of complete vision, wisdom, empire and command. Away with him then, into the ether, into the empyrean, to play and kindle and leap forth among the constellations as it might please him. Indeed, indeed, and in my deed, thought Goody, watching him, fortunate is this beyond any falling of good fortune, to meet Guron in the morning, and Pleneth before the passing of noon. Pleneth it was, said he, the blind and foolish would have known him. Undoubtedly it was Pleneth, the sight-giver, Pleneth Brif Fard Pridain. Indeed, indeed, fortunate is this. Deep in his musings he rode forward again, setting first the feather of Adanfuinach on the wind to guide him. Indeed, thought he, marvellous revelations are made known to me this day. As for healing blindness, it would not be that Prifath that would have lost the loss of his vision. Dear and blessed are these immortals, and the hidden reasons they will have for their appearings and vanishings, and for this guise and that, that they will wear as it pleases them. Then he sang the song that Taliesin ben Barth 
made at one night old when elfin the son of gwithno found him in the weir o faroith achofanith acho aegian afanith do do we die therewith and fortunate am i truly thought he to whom two gods have appeared in the one day so musing he rode forward in a deep and golden content at sunset he was riding beside the river and passed the hill of gorseth arberth on his right he saw that there was a company of men watching on the hilltop but paid little heed to them when the darkness came down over the mountains the feather of adenfunach became beautifully luminous before him and failed not in its guiding him he rode forward until he came within sight of a city dim-walled in the light of stars he saw a man come out of the city and make his way towards him along the road he had a little harp at his breast that shone strangely the feather blew towards him and was caught in the harp-strings goody rode up to him the greeting of heaven and man to you pridri fabul said the harper the greeting of heaven and man to you also said goody and much better to you than to me lord alon brifav said he what names are these you are putting on me said the harper i marvel at this what names are these you are putting on me said goody goody gualtairine my foster parents called me and the aspect on you of the one that should be riding to the court of arbeth this night and all said the harper lord prefav said goody lord god he said i am riding thither careless are you in the matter of speech and name-giving said the harper this is a cause for marvelling as to name-giving and as to carelessness therein the feather will know the one to whom it flies i met guron in the morning in the guise of an old man afflicted with coughing and did not know him until he was taking the dragon aspect i met plenov at noonday in the guise of a blind man to both of them the feather flew and rested with them for that reason when i meet a harper in the evening and the feather flies to him it will please me to call him alone and god without consultation or waiting for the dragon change to come on him therefore the greeting of the god and the man to you lord alone brifav said goody alone laughed well well said he would you take advice and counsel from the harper that the feather flew to whether he had the dragon guise or not evil upon me if i would not said goody laughing here is what the counsel will be then said alone go forward into arbeth to the palace and obtain entry in the name of a craftsman bearing his craft and when it may be desired of you to make known the nature of the craft name you the three unusual arts gladly i will do so said goody is it known to you what these three arts will be said alone it is not known said goody here is what they will be then give you heed to them the first will be restoring youth to the aged it is known to you how it may be accomplished the second will be restoring sight to the sightless Plenoth, my brother made the secret of it known to you see that you exercise those two arts between the outer portals and the door of the hall what will the third art be said goody make the third known to me also if it please you when they ask you for the third say you that it will be restoring thrones to their rightful owners i will say that said goody and i will say when the queen asked me that i saw alone alawan 
at the gates of her town in the starlight and that i had counsels from the prifav of the harmonies say it you said the other laughing and stroked his harp-strings with his fingers as he touched them they gave forth light and immortal melody pale green and purple flames rose out of the earth and encompassed him and it was to be seen that he was indeed the brother of plenoth and of guron not less marvellous than they he stood there in his body of purple fire darkly glowing paling gleaming kindling and brightening his two eyes complete in glory and beauty in the most ancient wisdom the deepest compassion in the world say it you he said laughing and let it be known to our sister rhiannon that we the priff fireth pradine have served her and will serve her until the end of her sorrows and now go forward said he and success and advantage be with you according to your desert then he too took the guise of the dragon his body of the fire of the amethyst glowing through the darkness and his wide beautiful flame wings kindling and flashing hued like the beryl and the emerald through the gloom in a moment he too was lost encompassed in the night amidst the stars then goody rode forward and through the gates of arbeth and by the silent streets until he came to the portals of the palace of puil End of part 23